minus 10, 9. You're listening to the Launchpad Podcast with j Brought to you by Galant Media. Here's your host, Ignition j Hey, how you doing? J-Man here, and thank you for having it locked once again to the Launchpad Podcast. And I'm just going to have a very casual chat with you right now. I hope it comes across polished. <laughs> but I don't want to do a whole bunch of takes and all that nonsense, so I'm just going to give it to you straight from the feels. And today's episode is going to be kind of retro. Season 5 obviously has been very topical. We've gone over a whole bunch of incredible subjects over this season. But when I started doing this podcast about two years ago, it started off very intimate and introspective. And I shared a lot of elements of my life that a lot of my friends didn't even know about. So it was very therapeutic for me at the time. And I don't know why I necessarily got away from it, but I know that they were high value episodes. So I'm really looking forward to sharing what I have to share with you today, which was a chat that I had with a group of ladies from about a year ago. And there's a backstory to that that I'll get to in a second. And they wanted me to talk about relationships. And more along the lines of, I'm known for being a guy that builds relationships with people really quickly. And so they wanted me to talk on that because when you're good at building relationships, it helps you in business, it helps you in your personal life. It does nothing but just make your life a whole lot easier, right? Because your network is your net worth, so they say. And, well, let's just get right into the backstory. I was going through a very dark period at that time. They'd asked me if I wanted to do the talk one year previous, and I said yes. Uh, and when it came around time to do the presentation, I really wasn't feeling it. Now, Penny and Liz that might be watching uh, this podcast right now don't even know this. And I was really trying to think of about any excuse possible to get out of it because my heart just wasn't into it. But actually, one of the chapters of my mother's book that I'm writing was finish what you started. And I thought it was really important for me to have that chat. So instead of having a chat about relationships and building them quickly, I decided to come at it from a different angle. And that's what you're going to be watching tonight, which is your relationship with loss, which is inevitable because there is nothing on this planet that is yours. Whether you believe in God, whether you believe in universe, whatever it might be, it comes from a source. And so this phone that I'm recording this on, it's not mine, it's on loan. My nephew, my family, my friends, these are not possessions of mine. These belong to something else. And I just want to share my gratitude as much as possible for the things that I do have on loan. Because they never even had to come to fruition. So I talk about relationship with loss, relationship with your circumstances, which sometimes is out of your control. And I give an example from when I was stuck in an airport and not in Miami where I was supposed to be during the cold winter months of Canada. And then relationship with other people, which I think is really the most basic. You know, are you coming from a place of kindness or are you not coming from a place of kindness? But you will see that in this podcast. Now, if you had not 
subscribed even now to this point, please do. <laughs> because I know you're going to see a whole bunch of value in this. So if there's something that I'm saying that's speaking to you right now, please do. Because there's going to be a whole bunch of that moving forward with the podcasts to come. So thank you very much to Liz and Penny for allowing me to have this chat and now to be able to share it with other people. I hope it gives you a whole bunch of value and I'll catch you on the back end. I love you. Thanks for listening. So everyone, thank you for having me here to speak with you. It's the most amount of ladies I've been around in quite some time with COVID. So this is fantastic. Have all your undivided attention, I hope. Uh, So let me tell you a little bit about myself before we do get started. Yes, born and raised in Ottawa. uh, Struggled in high school. I ended up working at Tucker's Marketplace, which is now closed uh, due to COVID. And it was the worst job in my life, but it was also one of my best experiences. Uh, Because of working that job, I decided that it was really important that I went to school. (laughs) So I went to college for radio broadcasting. And I graduated in 2000. I started off at the Bear, went to the Ottawa Valley for four years, and did something I thought I would never do, uh, which was actually in my own little mission statement to myself, is that I didn't want to work country and I didn't want to be in a small city. And I ended up being in Pembroke working at a country music station. Go figure. Uh, But for the best years of my life, that's when I got started into personal development. And yes, I worked at Dog FM and Rebel 1017 as well. Uh, When I was working at Dog FM, right in the middle of my radio days, I found network marketing. I excelled at it. I was featured on corporate calls, segments, corporate blogs, all that kind of stuff. I was making pretty good money. And most importantly, really focusing on my personal development, which is large in direct sales and home-based business, as I heard uh, right here with the essential oils, et cetera. Uh, That was really a life changer for me. Another life-changing event would be losing my job Uh, 10 years ago. I got sat down at a table my first day back from vacation, and they told me that my services weren't necessary anymore. And they were going a different direction. And right then and there, uh, I decided to throw away the idea of that guaranteed paycheck, and I was going to put that guarantee on me. And I went full-time into network marketing. Uh, Since then, I've gone out to contract my marketing services I run my own small dog sitting company, as Penny said earlier. Uh, I freelance MC gigs. I got into income properties, invested into trade shows called Showcase, uh, which is a three-day showcase in Petawawa that does anywhere from 130 to 150 vendors and 10,000 people through the doors in those three days. And then, of course, I'm done with radio, but that doesn't mean that I can't take my own options Uh, and further my broadcasting career with my Launchpad podcast, which happens each and every Monday, well, almost every. Someone is also talking about consistency. (laughs) I could be (laughs) a little bit better with that sometimes too. Uh, So doing my podcast Monday at 7 o'clock and mainly focusing on entrepreneurs and right now basically helping people try and navigate through these COVID times. So basically I call it the COVID diaries. So I'm here to talk to you about staying positive during challenging times. I have a few personal experiences that I'd like to share with you uh, that I have not shared with many other people. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I just felt compelled to be able to go a little bit deeper uh, with you. Maybe that had something to do with Penny as well, knowing what type of person uh, that she is. Uh, So the last five years have been difficult, to say the least. Uh, My dog died. had a girlfriend that I was dating that passed away. 
Uh, my mother, who meant more than anything else to me on the planet, also passed away uh, from pancreatic cancer one week before my birthday. In fact, her funeral was on my birthday, and it was also going to be my first day at a new radio station, Rebel 1017. So I literally left the funeral, went over the Hunt Club Bridge to introduce myself to a new rock station in Ottawa. Uh, a surreal experience. Uh, and I'd have to say that, you know, my personal development, as well as being a little bit on autopilot, most definitely helped that process. Uh, but positivity isn't always easy. It's a choice. So I'm going to run over three topics this evening. Number one is going to be positive relationship with loss. The second is going to be positive relationship with your circumstances. And lastly, it's going to be positive relationship with people. So we'll start with positive relationship with loss. And to do that, I'd like to share a chapter of my book that I'm writing about my mother called Lessons from the Fourth Grade. She was a career fourth grade teacher. Uh, it's a personal development book based on the lessons she taught me, things like being kind, being graceful, the power of perspective, and so on. The common sense practices that we don't always put into play. So the chapter that I'm going to read for you is called Smile. It's the first chapter in the book and probably the most powerful. Bear with me. So it starts with a psalm. Look away from me that I may smile again before I depart and am no more. It's so often you hear the cliche in regards to smiles, like they're free, or how many muscles it takes to frown opposed to turning it upside down. It sounds simple enough to do, yet many of us fail to realize how rarely we smile when we're out and about, more so smile at people that aren't in our social circles, aka strangers. We're slowly becoming a society that's recessing in how we interact with our social surroundings, becoming far too comfortable with emoticons on social medias, a mere shadow of the real thing. Outside of the sound of my mother's loving laughter, there's nothing I'll miss more than her genuine smile. She smiled big, she smiled with passion, and she smiled a lot. You'd think staring cancer in the face would diminish that dental work, but she would smile in the face of cancer too. I believe it was three days after my mother was diagnosed with cancer, she was already weak. In fact, I remember having to help her up the stairs of the doctor's office. She had pancreatic cancer and it was creating pressure on her back. We slowly ascend to the top of the stairs. My mother exhausted as we make our way to reception, where we await the appointment with her family physician to discuss the cancer, the realities of her current situation, and figuring out her optimistic baby steps to follow. I'll never forget sitting there nervous, making small talk, doing anything I could do to keep my mind and my mother's mind away from the harsh reality that she had cancer, it had spread, and as much as I want to die and pray on a miracle, the likelihood of hearing anything remotely close to good news was not going to be on the agenda. I remember others in the room, nameless faces, wondering why they were there. Could they be facing the same fate? Were they really sick like her? And if they shared the same anxiousness? Here and there, the doctor's assistant, a gatekeeper, would open the door to deliver the name of the next patient. I remember sitting there with my mommy, wishing that I wasn't, hoping I wouldn't have to hear her name. Directly across from us was a mother and child. My mother adored children. She was a career fourth grade teacher. She loved all kids. The ones she taught, the ones she raised, all the children in her family, and those she would catch a glimpse of in doctor's offices. This child in particular was jumping all over the chairs and tables like a monkey on mute, a real busybody, but actually quite quiet. For whatever reason, at one point, he stopped. And his eyes connected with my mother's. 
And when that happened, my mother engaged with her one of her classic two-eyed blinks like this because she couldn't blink worse shit. <laughs> she quickly followed it with the most powerful tool in her arsenal, that million-dollar smile. Witnessing that and everything around me just evaporated. It was just this child and my mom in a room. I was simply a fly on the wall. I sat there speechless, and for a split second, the woman I love more than life itself didn't have cancer anymore. Here's something you and I both know. There are good days and days that don't live up to that good day expectation. But for the most part, there's usually reason to smile. My mother, freshly diagnosed with cancer and deteriorating, losing the ability to walk on her own, feed herself, go to the bathroom, and wash herself properly, all while awaiting quite possibly the worst conversation of her life, yet still had it in her to share a smile, even though inside she was dying. You often hear at the light, sorry, you often hear of the light at the end of the tunnel or the lack thereof. Some people see the light, some people don't. And when that happens, they bury themselves in that cylinder of dirt and others keep on digging until they see that light. And that was my mother. If a dying woman can find the fight to take a frown and turn it upside down, what's happening in your life that you can't find a few seconds to live in that moment and build from there? To start digging your own escape from whatever might be burying you. Sometimes it's nothing more than a moment of clarity, 17 muscles, and a minute of mindfulness that will last a lifetime. So obviously, I learned a lot from that lesson. And the great thing with parents is that they give you two gifts. Number one is that they give you life and they bring you into this world. And then through my experience in my mother's passing, as painful as it was in those moments and through those years, and I still have difficult days, it forced me, it pushed me into change. And even if you had a bad relationship with your parent, it's not to say that it can't do the same thing to where you'd want to be a better parent, where you'd want to show up at all the baseball games, or you'd want to be at all the soccer games or not miss the recital. Uh, in losing my mom, there were things that probably would have just not necessarily happened organically, but because of her passing, the gift of being able to love better, love stronger, it humbled me, which is incredibly important. That was a massive life lesson for me. It's made me a better person. I used it as a tool. And I always use the example of Star Wars, oddly enough. <laughs> and I don't want to do any spoilers. If you haven't seen Star Wars, uh, there's a character named Obi-Wan Kenobi. And of course, uh, Darth Vader, the ultimate good versus evil. And there's this one point in the movie where Obi-Wan is battling with Darth Vader. And he just has a moment of clarity. And he basically looks like he's praying. Uh, and he's struck down by Darth Vader. And Obi-Wan knows even though it's going to cause Luke a lot of pain for him to be out of his life, that he's going to be much stronger of a life force. And I'd always love to sit down with George Lucas and be able to talk about that a little bit deeper uh, <laughs> because it's really quite fascinating. So change in life can be chosen, but oftentimes it's forced upon us, but we still have the free will to decide where that change takes us. And in one of my previous companies, I had the chance to talk on stage uh, for a brand new rank. And I'm sure that a lot of you think I'm almost positive just hearing how you guys were introducing yourselves uh, with the beginning of this broadcast. 
that there are just some moments that are meant to be. They're created, but they're, they're meant to be. And I truly believe that I manifested this moment where I hit one of the top ranks in that company and one of the first people to do it, and it was called Silver Elite. And spontaneously came out with this analogy of the silver lining around a cloud. And, you know, oh, you know, your mom passed away, or you crashed your vehicle, or you lost your job, and they go, the silver lining. And sometimes I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but when I put it within this perspective, it made a lot more sense to me, is that some things they're just not good. They're just not good. So you have to do your best to try to put that silver lining or that spin on it, like they would do in the news or what you do when you're pivoting in your business. It's not what you want, but you try to put a positive spin on it. And that silver lining doesn't always appear on its own. Sometimes you have to grab the marker and you have to you have to trace the outline of that cloud. Sometimes your hands are going to hurt. Sometimes you're going to stop. Sometimes you'll walk away from it. You'll come back. Uh, but ultimately, if you stick with it and you find that higher perspective, again, it will, it will push you forward. And I decided to let that experience grow me instead of defeat me. I created a positive relationship with that loss. Number two, and this is going to be a lot easier because I get to play a three-minute video. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> God bless technology. To illustrate this lesson with a positive relationship with circumstance, I'm gonna play a video that I recorded not that long ago, and here's the setup. It's cold here in Canada. I'm on my way to Miami for the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. I can't wait to get there. My mouth is watering, but the weather is horrendous. Uh, I'm stuck in Ottawa. My flights are delayed. I finally get to Toronto. Uh, I get delayed right there. I lose a full day of vacation, and I'm hanging out in the airport for about 24 hours. I spend the night there. I'm sleeping next to some guy that is literally picking something out of his toes and putting it in his mouth. I don't even know what that's about. But anyways, anyway, you know what? Everyone has their thing. And I didn't even say a word. <laughs> I'm just going to let him enjoy his moment. So uh, <laughs> maybe that was a little too much information. So I'm going to bring you over the video. And then I'll jump back in on the back end. Hey, how you doing there, Facebook Live? I am stuck in an airport. <laughs> but I'm going to share something with you that I just recently learned and put into practice, like a little brain hack, which I absolutely love. But it will take some time and effort. It will take some work. Anyways, this is how my day started. Went to the airport. I was supposed to leave at 10, didn't leave till about 12. Uh, then delays, delays, delays. I end up in Toronto. I'm supposed to catch a 2 p.m. flight. That doesn't happen. Now I'm waiting here till 7.45 before I fly to Atlanta now, and then something like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, I fly to Miami, where I'm going to be at South Beach, baby! Uh, so here's the practice that I put into play. I had to go to customer service, right? And I had to rebook, and I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be atrocious. There was a lineup of maybe about 80 people. I decide that I'm going to call the customer service line. Now I had to wait about 45 minutes at least for that. The whole process took about an hour and a half, and I was only one person away from actually being at the kiosk. So really cool. So this book that I'm reading called Happiness is a Choice, which is a book that absolutely transformed my life many, many years ago, has this little practice, and it sounds silly, okay? You're not going to like this, but where you can find ways to be happy about things that suck. 
right? So what I told myself when I was waiting in line and the fact that I'm going to lose a whole day in Miami because I'm supposed to be there earlier this afternoon is that I'm just going to be happy that my flight is delayed and everything went poopy because it gives me the ability to practice my patience. Sounds silly. I know, I know, I know. And right away, it didn't work, right? But I stayed at it. And I started just having conversations with people around me. And then I really took it as an opportunity to teach myself to be happy about things that generally I wouldn't be all that happy about. Because obviously, it's really happy to be happy about things that make you happy. Can you imagine what your life would look like if you could start being happy about the things that don't necessarily make you all that happy? That would make you happy all the time. And happiness is a choice. It really does work that way. <laughs> so I'm going to continue to practice and I'm going to let you know how this works as I continue to move forward with this explosion of mind space. And if you're looking for a good read, Happiness is a Choice by Barry Neal Kaufman. I hope that it brings you the paradigm shifts that it gave me when I read this book many, many years ago. So Common Sense tells a lot of stories to explain exactly how you put these practices into play and they've been absolutely invaluable to me. So I'm going to get back to work. No more playing around on live, but I did want to share that with you while it was on the top of my head. You take care. Be well. Love simply because you can. And hopefully next time you see this face, uh, it's going to be in Miami. So I'm going to finish off with lesson number three, positive relationship with people. And I'm going to keep it brief because I truly believe it's the easiest out of all these lessons. It's not that difficult to be kind to one another, you know? And it's one simple step as far as I'm concerned. And there's a lot of divisiveness there on social media. That'd be a great example. Uh, right now, we're dealing with a lot of politics. We're dealing with COVID. Uh, we're dealing with race relations uh, with Floyd. And it's just a lot of personal opinion. And there are a lot of conflicting views, obviously, because we all have different experiences in life. Like, it's blatantly obvious to me right now that I have the best tan going on in here. I'm half St. Lucian, <laughs> and I'm also the only male, right? Like, that's just the reality of this situation. <laughs> so what I urge everyone here to do is to improve the relationship with people, whether it be their family, loved ones, friends, strangers, walking on the street, is to simply practice empathy. Instead of accusations, ask questions. Uh, ask yourself, what is this person trying to teach me? What can I learn from this person? What can I learn from this situation that's presenting itself as we manifested it to begin with, right? So if we just took a moment to truly see another person's perspective opposed to allowing it to clash with your own, we'd have far less conflict, uh, better communication skills, learn a lot more about people and those that we care about, which are our relationships, which we would also improve, and all things that lead to a much more peaceful and prosperous existence for all. So again, Thank you very much for having me here. It was an absolute blast uh, to let me impart whatever amount of wisdom that possibly uh, I left within your soul. And if there's one word that you think of that I said consciously or unconsciously over the last 25 minutes or so uh, and adds value to your life, then that, that means the absolute world to me and I would never have to know.